We also have one more thing upcoming that we should pre-plug, and that is that we are we played fantasy football again. You yes. guys played fantasy football Lord. against each other. He got a, he was in first place all year. The entire and he got knocked year. out in the semifinals. Who in, oh, who's, who's winning now? It's me against Jason for the championship. That's exciting! Congratulations! I destroyed Earl. And I destroyed you, Earl. Show I, a little bit of class. He's, he's sitting back I, here. He is not happy. And, there, and, and I think this league is cutthroat. We don't. We don't, ain't no. It's either first or second. You, yeah, we don't yeah. Do third. No, third place does does get your you get your money back, your initial entry fee. Okay, so you still got to play for third. So I got to play. Okay, and you're yeah, playing Earl for third place. You guys play that out. So, but if you recall, the punishment yeah. for the worst record. Yes. Uh, that person has to do 10 minutes of stand-up comedy on Correct. a show that uh, we'll put together for at Pickwick and Frolic, right. the best comedy club in the nation, which is in right, right in downtown Cleveland on East 4th Street. And so we're going to get together. We haven't set the date yet. We're kind of fi figuring that out. But it's going to be like a night where and you can come out and see these fellas, and then you can watch be awesome. our producer, Mikey McNuggets, who lost. Yes. You can watch him hopefully bomb. I hope he bombs. How long is this set? Ten, uh, minutes. ten minutes, so and then my, Anthony's going to warm up for, with five. So, yes, so I'm, I'm opening the whole show. Yes. Oh, are you are going to do it? Yeah, you I, are going to do fine. it. Fine, I've agreed to it. This is all right. Crazy That's going to be fun. Actually, are I'll you open, going on after I'm them? going to open up the show so that they don't murder him. Oh, you're the him. moderator, yeah, right? Yeah. So yeah, I'll I'll be like explain what's going on. Whatever, so yeah. they can actually come. It would be with frolic. Yeah. Will there be any besides you? Will there be any other real comedians? Yeah. Yeah. I'm right there, Bull. We'll make sure of that. <laughs> and I'm actually thinking about this, and I think yeah. this might actually be funnier just because, as I said, I think this is a layup for them because they'll bring friends and everything. Sure. So it'll, yeah, it'll, yeah. the reaction will be good. And, and plus, everybody will know the situation. Right, so, so it's going to be funny. They'll get the better for the like, doubt. Even if they suck, it's funny. But I think what we should, I, what I should do is I was yeah. going to bring them up. I think it's funnier to just not bring them up and make them go up cold. <laughs> Yeah, like it, that's it just, just comes through. Just, so just be like, hello, icebreaker. I, I but that's funnier. <laughs> it is funny. You know, like they have to, you got to get control of the crowd. Yeah. And just be like, hey guys, guys, I'm about to start. <laughs> that's it. I think I want that that's to happen. That's going to be so I can awkward. barely control a three person show. A yeah. uh, crowd's going to be really I know. That's what's, that's, the, so, anyways, yeah. if you want to see that, Come we'll be letting up. you know uh, the dates. Yeah. Uh, it's it's upcoming. What are we and thinking? It's going like to be a March blast. Maybe or I think uh, we were. Uh, or it, it's a surprise. It'd probably be sooner than that. Okay. But we're going to keep it a surprise till we uh, right. we'll make our big announcement. All right. Well, and we we'll got, have Anthony. We got to we'll make sure. We got to make sure it's a day where everybody can come. Sure. That's what we'll make sure of. Yeah, Anthony, you're going to you're going to have yeah. to make the graphic for the poster to have people come and watch you eat your oh, nuts. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, <laughs> I'm going to talk to Mike when he comes back from vacation tomorrow. We're going to we're going to do a really fun poster. We're going to get right. some headshots. Good. It's going to be a good time. But let's bring in Aditi. Aditi Kikabwala with us now from CBS, of course. She's with us every week. Aditi, how are you? Um, I'm great. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Looking Same forward to, to the you. new year. Did you have a nice on. Have you thawed out from, from being on the field? <laughs> I'll give you credit for that. I'll give you credit okay, for that. Okay, so let me at least say this. Yeah. The Browns organization is just as classy as could be. I am technically not allowed to go inside the bench area. I totally, when the players weren't there, was whatever the word is, sponging off of their heaters. Brad Mellon, the Browns equipment manager, gave me extra warmers. He put this crazy cayenne pepper baby powder mix inside my shoes, which I think I told you guys last what? week. It I was, was most worried about my toes. My toes were fine. Um, he gave me extra hand warmers. Andrew Barry, general manager Andrew Barry, beforehand had said, hey, are you good? Are you all right? If you need anything, don't hesitate. So 
I really, really, really appreciate that they're cared about everybody on that field, not just their. When wives. you took your, sh when you got home and you took your boots off, did your feet smell like barbecue? <laughs> um, no, I can smell anything because my nose was frozen. Everything oh. was frozen. My entire body. <laughs> How does that work? Cayenne pepper and baby powder. How did that work? I who came up with that? Yeah, who was trying different spices yeah. until something hit? Yeah, but you know what's so funny? Now I'm suddenly ha like people keep tweeting at me paprika. So I don't know if in my first live shot I actually said paprika and baby powder instead of cayenne pepper and baby powder. But now I'm like all confused. But it's basically just a hot red spice, and I guess yeah. something activates it, like your feet activate it huh. somehow. Can't you go back know. and watch it? You didn't DVR the game. Um, would you want to rewatch that game? Oof. No, but I, I you could go back and like just watch your first oh, report and see what you said. I oh. could, I could. You know what? I could. Except the truth is, is that I drove home that night. I had to clean my house, wrap Christmas presents, and the next morning was obviously the Christmas. And then I had to yeah. cook for my husband's family and my parents, my brother, my sister-in-law, oh my, my niece gosh. and nephew. All come in from New Jersey. They're all here right now. So it's kind of been a complete madhouse. And I'm sort of looking forward to my game <laughs> this weekend. As opposed to, because oh, <laughs> outside, all Thank I'm you. hearing is a bunch of excuses <laughs> yeah, for why to basic. not watch that Browns game again. <laughs> Are they all staying at your, uh, staying in your house? Yes, correct. Put them on camera. You see, that's the, uh, that's the, my in-laws now when they come, they stay nearby, not in the house. She has the estate. The estate is fully you know, lodged. I, I, yeah, I guess I don't have a fancy house. Uh, no, not that. <laughs> My my son is sleeping on an air mattress in my <laughs> room and um, with his cousin and yeah. whining. That's fun. Yeah, and then so yesterday I gave him more blankets and he said, well, now it was too hot. And it's really just looking for excuses, basically. He's right, right. had enough of the holidays at this the point. The sun <laughs> always gets a raw deal. The, we do yeah. always get the worst bed. That's true. We're just like, I just, I would have Suck to like, I'd have to sleep sitting up in a wooden like bedroom or uh, dining room chair uh, sometimes. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to ask you this. We, we I got to talk about this because this hurt my heart. I did not in a, mi a million years think that the Pittsburgh Steelers this year would have a better record than the Cleveland Browns. They better not finish over 500. How, I'm going to be so pissed. How is this possible, Aditi? How? It's a story of football. I don't, I mean, look, th this is who the Steelers are. This is who the Steelers have been under Mike Tomlin for the last 10 years. They're always competitive. They always in it. They're always in it at the end of a season. I mean, even the Duck Hodges year, even the year that Ben Roethlisberger blew out his elbow. And if you're in Pittsburgh, your frustration is that, okay, well, you have three playoff wins in 12 years. What, who cares if you're competitive? Go and win something. But that is part of why the Pittsburgh Steelers are one of those milestone organizations is that they're always in it. You it know, and there are pieces and they come up with yeah. it, it. I really do believe... And I'll use the Jaguars as an example because I saw the Jaguars earlier this season. I had them weeks four, week five. Um, I had them again a few weeks ago when they won finally. And I have them this weekend. And a young organization, the Lions, I had the Lions, it's the same thing. A young organization needs to learn how to win, needs to learn how to get out a win at the end of the day, at the end of the game, no, needs to know how to pull in that pass that seemingly can't be pulled in or to catch the routine pass. Hint, hint, hint. It's your job. Do yeah. your job. The best organizations and more veteran organizations figure out 
how to gut out those plays in the last few minutes, no matter how cold it is, no matter how tough it is, no matter how done you may seem to be. You get big plays from big players. A team like the Jaguars couldn't do that earlier. They couldn't figure out how to do it. A team like the Lions didn't know how to do it. I know I've quoted this on the show. I remember saying to Dan Campbell, how do you teach young players how to win close games? And he said, you know what Bill Parcells used to say? The way you learn how to win close games is by winning close games. So the Pittsburgh Steelers, for decades now, it is just their organizational ethos. They will always have someone who comes up with a big play and they know what it is to get guys like that. A guy like a Kenny Pickett, he's a gamer. He's never giving up. He's you're going to need he's not going to give you the big throw every single game, but you can count on him in moments. And so I think that that's just it. The Steelers know how to do that. The Steelers have figured out how to do that. A lot of that has to do with Mike Tomlin having done it for as long as he's done it. And unfortunately, the Browns on Saturday couldn't get some big plays. And and it's hard. Look, like, let's be honest. Catching a football when it's minus 15 degrees, when the wind is doing all these crazy things. I mean, we saw so many incomplete passes that were – truly beautifully thrown balls that either bounced off of somebody's hands or at the last second, the wind took it in a different direction, all those things. But you want Amari Cooper to make a catch. You want David and Joku to make a catch. And they may not seem like they are huge circus type catches, but they are huge catches and you just, you need those. And you see that sometimes David and Joku made one a few weeks ago and it was huge, but the best organizations consistently come up with plays like that. Yeah, I thought I thought Njoku played his worst game of the year. He's had a really good year. I thought he was terrible this game. I know the weather was a factor, but that drop, to, of, of all those three big drops, I thought that was the easiest play of the three. It was brutal. And it was the worst yeah. one. I, and well, I you know think- what? It was brutal, but it was brutal for everybody. It was brutal for the guy throwing the ball who's never played in temperatures like that. It was brutal for the entire Saints team that plays in a dome and has never, as an organization, ever, 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 ever done anything even remotely like that. I mean, at some point, you're all playing in the same conditions. Someone is coming up with a play. That's right. you got to make a play. The Saints made more plays, which is embarrassing for the Browns. You know, it's interesting, the perspective from the fans, right? Like, Steeler fans, and I don't blame them, are ticked that they've been a media, essentially a mediocre team for the last decade. They've not been terrible. Whereas, like, Browns fans, a lot of Browns fans are like, we can't trade Baker. He won one playoff game. Whereas Steelers fans would never think that way because they've been a winning organization. And so you, you, your, your thoughts as a fan, I, I, you know, thinking back as a Bengals fan, like, when I was a kid, they were pretty good, and then they sucked forever. And then when Marvin Lewis came there, they would go to the playoffs all the time and always lose in the first round. And ev- uh, initially, I was excited that they were in the playoffs a lot. Mm-hmm. But then I was like, well, they keep losing, so we got to move on and get someone else. The more you're used to winning as a fan or a team, whatever, the more the higher your expectations go. Your expectations never stay the same. So I understand where Steeler fans come from, even though I think Mike Tomlin is, is a really good coach. I get it that they're frustrated. 
Well, and there, there's a cumulative effect to that, right? Like I remember that Bengals year when they were 8-0 and at home. And correct, I think it was 2013. You'd probably know better than me. I think they were 8-0 and at home. And then San Diego comes in there and upsets them in the first round of the playoffs with Eric Weddle. Yeah. And it was sort of like, okay, but it was a great year. And Andy Dalton and A.J. Green. And we've got these young players and Gio Bernard. And I think that's when Ben Jarvis Green Ellis was the other running back. Yep. But then the next year they're losing in Houston. I could be getting this wrong. T.J. Yates. T.J. Yates was the Texans quarterback when they lost. Yeah, and it was just sort of like after a certain period of time, it's yeah. just not good enough to get in the playoffs. Right. And so the Steelers early on when they had the killer bees, when they had Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown and Ben Roethlisberger and Chris Boswell, and you're like, oh, they're good, they're good. Okay, but like each progressive year, you lose in the first round, then you lose in the second round, then you get to the AFC title game. Okay, but now what? And so it's crazy when people want to constantly make change because that's not necessarily the right answer. That's but right. tweaks sometimes are. So when people in Pittsburgh say, well, Mike Tomlin is done. They're not listening to Mike Tomlin. Mike Tom it's so ridiculous. Who do right. you think you're getting it that's better than Mike Tomlin? Mike Tomlin is one of the top five coaches in the NFL. Mike Tomlin is temperamentally so perfectly suited for this city, for this organization, for this club. Mike Tomlin is going to be the head coach in Pittsburgh until he doesn't want to be anymore. But does that not mean that Mike Tomlin could maybe tweak his staff a little bit? Definitely. Yeah. So it's things like that that you kind of have to look at. And I'm also not sitting here and saying that oh, some tweaks are coming, Kevin Stefanski needs to tweak his staff. <laughs> this was a very odd year for a million different reasons. But there are certain things. Every great team does some level of self-evaluation. Every great sideline reporter would go back and check her hits. I haven't, clearly, but I will before my next game, I promise. <laughs> you have to do an evaluation of yourself yes. and really be fair and honest in that assessment as opposed to just thinking, okay, doing the same thing over and over again is going to get us a different result. And, and speaking of which, the Browns, we think, need to – tweak their coaching staff. I mean, I think it's we I think it's time for both Prefer and uh Joe Woods to go. Um, uh, what say you, Aditi? I have a hard time with I don't think that So, coaching is about coaching. It's about developing. Do you see your players getting better? Are I they actually on defense. teaching? I don't. Not okay, but now that's not as much as much on the coordinator as it is on the position coaches. Okay, mm -hmm. it's about the position coaches and the type of teaching that they're doing. You know, Kevin Stefanski told us a funny story this week. I had asked Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson had been very sort of open a few weeks ago talking about this half an hour film breakdown that he did with Kevin Stefanski when they were talking football before he decided to go to Cleveland and just how much he really connected with him on a football IQ level. So then I said to him, okay, now that you've had the three weeks of actually working with him in game situations, is there anything about Kevin that kind of surprises you or is different or notable? And he said, well, frankly, I'm surprised at how much time he spends with us. You know, like he just kind of assumed maybe he'd be the head coach and then call the plays. But Kevin's actually in there in the room a lot and really having the conversations with AVP, with Drew, with the quarterbacks coach, all of that. So anyway, so then I went back to Kevin and I said, well, you know, Deshaun said he was actually surprised that you devote as much time to him and the offense as you do. And Kevin said, well, I remember when I first became a coordinator, I thought it was kind of lonely. It was like, well, what do I do? Like, who do I stand with? I, I miss doing individual drills. And it's the same way as being a head coach. And so 
that is the nature of being a coordinator. You're not necessarily running drills. It's the position coaches that are running drills. Now, I don't want to call anybody out, but I have been around clubs where a coordinator who was once a position coach then became the coordinator, had to take over for a position coach for some reason or other, and suddenly that position group played better that week because the coordinator was a great teacher and the position coach wasn't necessarily. So I'm taking a long way of saying this, but Joe Woods is not necessarily responsible if the players themselves are not getting better because he's not the one that is charged with teaching them technique or hand placement or how to watch film. What is on Joe Woods is the scheme that he sets up. But here's the thing. Joe Woods asked a lot of his players earlier. There were a lot of injuries. There were guys coming in and out. They couldn't necessarily do everything. So Joe Woods, credit to him, didn't keep saying, well, no, my way, this is the way I want to do it. He said, okay, you know what? We need to simplify everything. I need to pare down the play menu. I don't care if we do half as much. I don't care if we do a third as much, but we just need to do what we do really well. And I'm going to let the guys that I have play as fast as free as possible. And then over the course of the last month, how much better has that defense been? That is a credit to Joe Woods. It's Joe Woods' responsibility to run the, uh, the defense, to create the scheme, to design what they're doing. It's the position coach's responsibility to make sure that those players are coached up, are developing, are getting better, are watching film in the way they need to watch film. So I think it's very, very easy to sit here and say, okay, it's the head coach. Okay, it's the coordinator. Okay, it's the GM. And to some degree, yes, the buck has to stop somewhere. But I think that we need to really think about who's doing what on a football coaching staff. Hey, Aditi, if we could just take it okay, back. Okay, that just dropped dead. See, this is what happens. I no, say not that. at all, Adam's not at all, like that's true. I out. just, I wanted to ask you this question when we were talking about Pittsburgh, I just didn't get to, and I actually wanna take it back to Pittsburgh because thinking about the state of my own team right now is just devastatingly depressing, so I just don't wanna think about it. So, back to Pittsburgh for a second. I'm hoping to hear some bad news here, so don't do me, uh, an, don't do me wrong. How does how does the fan base feel about what they're getting a quarterback out of Kenny Pickett? Do they think that he's the future? Are they settled on him? Are they excited about him? My dream scenario, obviously, is that he is that one of those tweener quarterbacks where they don't know if he's good and they get stuck in they get moored with him for like four or five seasons before finally deciding to move on. That would be amazing. No, I, Please tell me that's going to be the situation. I'm sorry, I can't lie to you as much as I wish I could, but I think that, you know, this is where fans are fickle. Early, uh, I can't remember what, if it was his first three games or four games, Kenny had eight interceptions. But if you actually looked at the interceptions, only two of the eight were really actually on him. One was in his first game, it was a dumb rookie move, and then another was he just didn't see a guy. The other six were all somebody else running the wrong route or making the wrong, you know, do, making the wrong conversion, whatever. So fans we're ready to move on from him. And people were saying, well, you know, if the Steelers have a high draft pick, they have to take a quarterback and the Steelers, this, that, and the other, and all that. It was making me nuts because obviously there are so many examples of guys that were allegedly busts, see Jalen Hurts, who all of a sudden are MVP candidates the very next year. Coaching, development, who's around you, all of that matters. 
Kenny has played tremendously well recently, engineering a comeback like he did Saturday night. That just proves the gamer he is, the moxie that he has, all the intangible personality traits that Mike Tomlin loves. He's only going to get better. And I think Kenny's got a great quarterbacks coach in Mike Sullivan. I would like to see him have a better um, offense to play in. I hear it. But We know what you're um, saying. Yes, I don't yeah, but, know mm-hmm. that – I'm not ready to say, oh, Kenny Pickett is the next coming, but I don't really know who is. You know, we thought Justin Herbert was the next big, big, big superstar, but offensively, what's going on there? What are they doing? What's their philosophy? What are the pieces around him? It, it, it's – again, we try to think that one player and one player alone changes the fortunes of a franchise, but it just We're counting on that, actually. I actually think – That's the whole – Game plan. Mm-hmm. I think Kenny Pickett's going to be a mid-tier quarterback. He'll be good enough to be a starter, but not great. And I don't think that's terrible. That's that's good. But we'll see, Indy. Do you think he's going to be better? I hope than he's that? a little worse than that. I hope he's like sub a know, sub Andy you know, Dalton. Yeah, but I think so much has to do what's around you. Sure. You know, do I think do I think Kenny Pickett is Joe Burrow? who picks up everybody around him, makes everybody around him better? I'm not sure yet. It's still early. I don't know that I'm ready to anoint him as such, but I don't think that Kenny Pickett is the reason you lose games. I don't. And I think in the National Football League, if you've got great offensive talent, if you've got great skill players, if you it all starts with the lines. Let's talk about that first. If you've got a great offensive line and if you play great defense, then you're right, Adam. I don't think you need a quarterback who's the number one or number two quarterback in the all-time history of the world. See, Aditi, see, I, I, I want to dig. I, I want to get back to the Browns because I don't think I don't think Stefanski and Barry and Haslam understand something, right? So as we sit here, you know, you've been you've been witness to I don't know how many Super Bowls the, the, the Steelers got. Don't t- ask any Steelers fan; they'll tell you five, six. Six. They've won they got six, six Super right, Bowls, six. right? So when they for the thumb. So when they fans say, "Oh, we only got three playoff wins in twelve years," we on a different level. I tell Bull all the time, "You don't understand. You didn't got your team will go to the Super Bowl three times. We ain't sniffed. We ain't even. I, I know people that would cry just to see the Browns in a Super Bowl, and for us." The patient word is just so it's it's because what we're looking at is we well, because patient. you had the taste. Gee, the problem is, is that two years ago you were what two plays away from upsetting the Kansas City Chiefs and going to the AFC title game, you know, so it just feels how can that happen in such a short period of time? And we know how it can happen. We can run through all the reasons of why it happened. But I think that when you're bad and you're bad and you're bad and you're bad, you're just sort of like, okay, okay, whatever, whatever. But then you get that sniff and you're almost there and you can totally taste it. Uh, well, you're expecting next year to get better. And well, that's no, that, what a, part of a good team is, is consistency. I will say this. That wasn't a sniff to us. A sniff for us is, uh, so when our fans and we look at our culture, right? Every year, our culture for Cleveland is, we have to wait until we waited for Andy Dalton to not be good. We waited for Joe Flacco to not be good. We waited for Ben Roethlisberger to not be good or be gone. All three of those guys are gone, and the Bengals, the Steelers, 
and 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 the Ravens have retooled. Mm -hmm. They've retooled and gotten Burrow and Lamar Jackson and Kenny Pickett. So when is the culture for the Cleveland Browns going to be able to say we understand what those other teams are doing and we are going to be competitive year in and year out with those teams? They get it. The club gets it. That's for sure. I think that that's why you saw them do everything that they did to get to Sean Watson because they recognize how important that one position is. I just think you need it elsewhere. You need it throughout the organization. This is the conversation that we all had last week about Jarvis Landry and certain players that bring a certain intangible quality, certain guys that you can rely on to make that gutty big play in that gutty moment. And so Again, the pieces are there. I, I think what's important now is for Browns fans to feel good about how the season ends. You want this team to end on end the right way, go into the offseason the right note, have guys committed this offseason to making things, to saying, okay, we squandered something, but we're not going to again. And, you know, who this entire offense basically is locked up. Who's a free agent on this offense? The center? Is that it? Ethan Pochick? Yeah. Uh, Kareem Everybody's Hunt. locked up. They're Kareem all Hunt. back. Yeah. 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 Kare Sorry. Kareem Hunt, Ethan Pochick. Yeah. That's it. Jadavian Clowney's gone, unfortunately, right? Yeah. Well, she's talking about offense. But <laughs> oh, I, yeah, I think, yeah. Baditi, one of the things I think is what I, what I think from an outside perspective, I'm not in the locker room. My perspective, when I look at the AFC North, is the Bengals, the Ravens, and the Steelers. And I don't really personally think the Steelers are in any better shape than the Browns. Obviously, the Bengals and Ravens at the moment are ahead because they have more short thing at quarterback. Watson should be there. We'll see. But the Ravens, Bengals, and, and Steelers, and the Bengals didn't always have this, obviously. Now they do. They got some killers on that team. Yeah. Right? They got some guys that just grab the rest of the team and say, let's freaking go. Yeah. And, yep. the, and and for the Bengals, Joe Burrow is that kind of player. Obviously, on defense, they got Sam Hubbard. They got Mike Hilton. They've got guys like that. We know the Steelers, who got their guys. The Ravens have those guys. The Browns don't have those guys. Their best players, Miles Garrett, Joe Batonio, Nick, not, those guys are not those type of guys. No. Am I wrong? You're not wrong, although, you know, what's funny is that Deshaun Watson was telling me that Nick Chubb has is actually talking more in the huddle than he Good. expected him to. Yeah, and then I asked Joel Batonio about that. I said, what's that? And he said, no, actually, Nick is starting to get a little bit more assertive, and you want to see that. This is – look, this is something – it's funny because I'll go back to the Jaguars just because I'm thinking about Doug Peterson telling me this. Doug Peterson said he thinks it's about kind of this generation of players. And I think it's why we call a guy like a TJ Watt a throwback in the sense that there are definitely Steelers players that are afraid of TJ Watt. I mean, he's as nice as can be mm -hmm. Monday through Saturday. But on Sunday, you do not want to be not bringing your A game. You do not want to get in TJ Watt's crosshairs. You ever see Miles Garrett look like he's going to smack somebody in the head? No. It's well, just no. not his nature. Well, one so time. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. That was great. Well-timed. Yes. Yeah. Doug Peterson was saying this about Trevor Lawrence because – Trevor Lawrence, when the Jaguars were struggling earlier and couldn't figure out how to kind of gut out these games, Trevor Lawrence is a guy that has never faced adversity in his entire 
football playing career. Take out last year with Urban Meyer, which was just, you know, a freak show all around. But <laughs> in high school, he was a champion. In college, he was a champion. Mm. He just had never been that guy that had to yell at players, that to, had to get a little nasty, that had to drive people. And I remember Travis Etienne, who was his college teammate, telling me, Trevor needs to get that in him. And he was watching The Last Dance and how Michael Jordan kind of would get angry at his teammates and his teammates didn't want to disappoint him. So ETN was saying he needs that out of Trevor Lawrence. Doug Peterson was saying, you know, if you really look across the league at this generation's star players, a lot of guys fall in that category of not necessarily having that dog, having that nasty, having that yeah. Michael Jordan. I mean, Michael Jordan would beat up Scottie Pippen if he needed to. Name a guy on the Browns that you feel has got that in him. Nobody. And I think you're really picking up on something there yeah. because the Ravens have that nasty. I mean, whether it comes from John Harbaugh or not, not that Lamar Jackson is that, but organizationally, no. there's always someone there that's ready to kind of knock heads. Yeah. The Steelers certainly have that in TJ Watt. The Browns, I don't know. I've been saying this to you for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. Yeah. Miles Garrett, like, come on. I want something more I, out of you. But I, I, if he's I, not institutionally that person, what do you do? So maybe Nick Chubb. When we're vetting, when we're vetting uh, who we're picking with the, our second-round pick, we should look for people with assault charges. Yeah, we need some criminals. What do you guys think? That's it. It's just winning has yeah, to no. matter more than anything. Yeah. Okay? I, and, like, again – this is not a knock on Miles Garrett. I really, really, truly do believe that Miles Garrett loves the game of football and that Miles Garrett really, really wants to be in the Hall of Fame, that he wants to go down as one of the greatest ever. I think he's driven to be the best at whatever he does. But another story we heard about Miles Garrett is that when he was at Texas A&M, the whole entire team, Kyle Allen told us this, the whole entire team would go to a movie together on Friday night and Miles Garrett would sit outside the movie theater reading a book. And we asked mm -hmm. Miles about it, and he said, yeah, he'd be reading Jules Verne, he'd be doing something. Okay, sometimes it's not fun to go watch the movie, but that's just part of team building. That's just part of being the team. That's just part of the bonding. I don't know. Again, not a knock on Miles. He has to be who he is. Maybe we shouldn't be looking to Miles to be that guy. Right. Maybe I'm... there's somebody else that needs to step up to be that guy. Maybe Deshaun is that guy, and it's been hard to do that this year because of all the circumstances. Mm -hmm. I, I, maybe I, next year he'll be that guy. Maybe we could get that from a coach or two. I remember, see, I, I remember James Harrison knocking Mohammed Massaqua out cold. I remember him knocking Colt McCoy. I, they oh got, my God! They got Colt McCoy too. Well, the mm -hmm. punter, the Antonio the, Brown, Antonio kicked, Brown kicked the punter in the head. See this? Is what I'm talking about? See that? We need to kick some punters in the head. Listen, but this man. is this is the whole idea, G. This is what competitiveness is. This is the conversation I had with John Harbaugh about. This is years ago. We were talking about coaches. Who? It, it was John Harbaugh and Mike Tomlin, and you know, I I had kind of grown up on Tom Coughlin and Andy Reid. Bitter rivals, but a ton of respect for each other and genuine affection for each other. And I remember one year Andy Reid was really struggling. Tom Coughlin had said something really wonderful about Andy Reid. I had repeated it back to Andy Reid, and Andy Reid legitimately choked up. Legitimately started, you know, tears welled in his eyes. And he said, Tom Coughlin is a good man. 
And I remember telling John Harbaugh this story because I didn't think that he and Mike Tomlin had that. And they don't. They don't have that. So I had said to John Harbaugh, you know, that existed. You don't have that. And he goes, no, I don't think that's in the league right now. He's like, we pretty much all hate each other. And his brother <laughs> was coaching the 49ers. And I said, well, what about Jim? He's like, yeah, when he's on the other sideline, I hate him too. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just kind of that nasty yeah, that you be. can be friends with each other off the field. You can be friends when it's over and sign each other's jerseys. But on the field, if Antonio Brown's mother was in his way, he was running over his mother to get to the Well, we zone. know that. We've well, seen his work. Yeah. yeah, I mean, maybe not the best example yeah. right now, but point yeah. being, you know, it goes back to since we're at Christmas, let's talk about that play. That's stupid that uh, not stupid, but the what was it? The immaculate extension when Ben Roethlisberger throws no time on the clock. Ben Roethlisberger throws short of the end zone to Antonio Brown. Mm -hmm. It's for the division title. It's to go to the playoffs. It's against your bitter rival Ravens. Three guys are in position to Antonio Brown and he's able to extend over the goal line. The only reason Ben Roethlisberger throws short of the goal line to Antonio Brown is because he knows Antonio Brown's going to do whatever the heck he needs to do to get in the end zone. Tell me who Deshaun Watson feels that way about right yeah. now on the Cleveland Browns. No, nah, it's fair. Yeah. It's all fair, Aditi. Uh, we'll see you before the end of the week, right? You're back on Thursday? Yes, I would love to be. Okay, with the thank final you, show you. before the of new the year. year. Great job yes. this past weekend, Aditi. We'll see you later. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Talk to you soon. Aditi Kikawala from CBS. A lot to get to, but we're going to leave it there because we've got to talk about the Cavaliers, guys. Good. Last night, the Cavaliers lose to the Brooklyn Nets, who are playing great basketball. They've mm -hmm. won nine in a row. The Cavs had been 16-2 and two before this weekend at home. They've dropped two straight at home to the Nets, or first to the Raptors, and now to the Nets. The biggest concern for me, guys, in these two games, and it's two games you don't want to get carried away, is this is a team that has been led by its defense this year, mm -hmm. especially at home. And their defense in these two games has been awful. Yeah, it's like, been pretty bad. Yeah, I didn't, I'm not making excuses, but I really heard myself say this last night. I'm like, oh, my gosh, we missed Dane Wade. And I really said that out loud, and I meant it, too. Uh, that's, yeah. But I was. I was like, we actually could have used him. And I, I think that, um, like, we, need that, we needed that hustle out there. And somebody else just wasn't stepping up, unfortunately. But I do think that those are two good teams. They won five in a row before that. Yeah. I'm, not, like, I'm not dismissing those losses by any means. But um, I'm also having a, I'm having a bit of a hard time getting worked up about it. Are you concerned at all based on what you saw? Uh, I'm not. No, I, I think it's an ebb and flow of the season. And also, know? Kyrie just played out of he his did. mind. And so I did mean, Darius he played Garland. with a chip on his shoulder. While yes, while yeah. we booed him, he yeah. played with a chip on his shoulder because we booed him too. As part of his, because that, I think that's part of his psychosis. I think he's like, all right, turn on superpowers because yeah. I am being I am being booed. So obviously, I now have to become an absolutely amazing player. Let me ask you. And I think this. that happened last night. What percentage of the boos is? The way he left Cleveland versus all of it. The things that he's been. It's all of it. Had. The way he left Cleveland. I, if he it's if he had left here under different circumstances, and hadn't kind of left him hanging. Yeah. And like just left in an off year, and then he said all the stuff about like how uh, the moon's made of cheese and stuff like yeah. that. Nobody, Nobody would have care. cared because he got us that. Because of that shot, he got yeah. us that ring. He just still deserves credit for that. Man. But I don't think anybody – no, we would just be like, that was our lunatic for a while. He helped us right. win. I That's how we'd be. G, your I, thoughts? I, I, listen, you disagree? You can't win at the highest level of any competitive sports liking people. When you get on that court, you got to play like you want them gone mm -hmm. from existence. 
I don't want to see you win. I don't want to see you get buckets. If you fall down, so what? Not Maybe you, you might be hurt. Yeah. Until you get that level of comp, it's all about competition at the highest levels. The difference between Hall of Famers and winners are, my coach said, you either got to play at a, a speed or a force that either somebody else can't play with or they don't have the heart or the will to play at that level. And there's a lot of people that are good people, nice people, but you they don't have the heart and will to win at the highest levels. There's a reason why Michael Jordan plays and they have some of the greatest 50 players who never sniffed a ring. Carl Malone, Charles Barkley, John Stockton, Patrick Ewing. They, he, you wasn't going to win. You know why he cared that much? And I, I see games like this. In Brooklyn, I'm not, I'm not, Brooklyn's a great team, but they always count on something. They always count on guys like Kevin Love laughing up and joking it up mm. when you see Kyrie Irving. Mm. As a general on that team, you as a veteran have to set the tone and say, if they look and see Kevin Love being like, give a damn about Kyrie Irving, how many shots he hit, he about to lose tonight. And no, I don't want to shake your hand. That didn't tell Evan Mobley, Oh, this is what type of time we on. That's what tells Jared Allen. Oh, dear. If, if Kev Loving ain't chopping it up, that means we need to come to play. And there's a couple of things that happened during this game. When Remember when, when, when Jared Allen had the ball and Ben Simmons was, they was tied up and he mm. just grabbed the ball and threw him down? That's Ben Simmons. He's soft as sharp. Mm -hmm. Somebody, <laughs> ben Simmons is soft. He got... Yeah. And, and, but... He is quite soft. Don't say nothing about his mental, his mental wherewithal. I don't care about your mental capacity. I don't care if you ever get it back. Mm -hmm. That's how you got to play when you're competing. And we just talked about the Browns not having that. When you got a bunch of nice guys, that's cool. You can be likable. But the last generation of Cavs was likable. And, and they won nothing. So either you got to decide out here whether you're going to be all in on this is how we're going to play the game. Or you never gonna beat nobody like that. I, I think it's a great point. I think it is. I, I don't too. like this Kevin Love patty cake with Kyrie Irving. I, I don't. I don't need this. this I don't either. Yeah. I, at the end of the game, fuck. That's cool. When it's but over. before all this chopping it up, and he's the veteran on this team, and it sets a tone. You know what I, you did the, say though. First of all, first, first of all, Kevin Love's gonna be what Kevin Love is. He has never been that guy who would yeah. go up and say like that guy's dead to me. Has and he ever? But by the way, don't tell the fans not to boo. If the fans want to boo, they sure, that's up to them. Yeah. But. I do what you said also is true completely true but also gives me hope because I do believe that they did not have that kind of mentality not even the capacity to have that kind of mentality last year yes because of the because of the nature of the guys of the guys who yeah. are leading this team I think they do have this this year because I do believe that Donovan Mitchell has that dog in him. And yes, I think he I do. Yes. can he's, be that guy. He's at the in a little bit of a slump right now. Yes. The but, last two games he's played poorly. But that doesn't it's, it's a blip the on the radar. Game. Exactly. But we know. I love no you're right, you have to have that to get through the playoffs. Yeah. You have to have that to, to uh, in the fourth quarter in the most important games. And last year, those guys, bless their hearts, all the talent in the world, way too nice. And this guy can lead them with his meanness, too, and say, yeah. no, we're mean right now. These guys get, like, like the Cavs' big guys, like Jared Allen's an animal. He's a great player. But Allen and Mobley need need a little nastiness. You yeah. get, because Kevin Durant, you watch Kevin Durant during that game. Mm -hmm. He's yelling at his teammates, 
You keep going over the screen. You got to go under. Yeah. What are you doing? Like, he's talking to him. He fouled out of that game, went to the bench and was like, yeah, I fouled out because yeah. you wasn't rotating right, over there. Right, right. You didn't do it. And you know what? Kyrie Irving, you say what you want. The dude's an assassin. He's over. He's in another world. You know, he said, oh, KD went out. Kyrie's like, I'll pull up from half court. You can't stop me. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go over here. I'll dribble around the whole yeah, team. I mean, those guys are champions. They've won. They know how it's done. The Cavs don't have any players besides Kevin Love who have done it, and he wasn't acting like a champion. And he was not night. But you're right. He's not po acting like Post game, be as kind as you Yeah, I don't give a It was in the post game that Kevin Love was asked and immediately said that Kyrie's number should be retired as soon yeah, as possible. Yeah, fine. Like, nobody cares about that right now. We know his number's going to be retired right. at some point, and that's fine. I, I don't have any problem with Kyrie's number getting retired. Right. But, like, I don't care about that now, and don't. Like, Kevin Love, we love you now, and maybe some of the fans agree with him, but, like, if the fans want to boo, that's their right. Like, fan behavior can be out of control sometimes. People can, See, he was upset. I don't care if they're booing. He upset if they booed who, Kyrie? Yeah. yeah. Bro, come yeah. on, bro. Like, shut listen, up. Come on, listen. I didn't you, see that comment. Look, look, listen, bro. If you want to, if you, if that's your boy, that's your man, that's on you. But when you first start chucking it up with him, laughing it up, and then you go say, don't boo him, my reaction is, I'm going to you as a, if, if I'm the star of the team, that's why LeBron always had to get you tightened up. Right. That's why he was always cryptic tighten you up, Kev. Yeah. yeah. Because you want to be liked. But the, the right response for him, though, in that case, is to say, look, I personally wouldn't boo the guy. He did this for the city. He won this championship. But I am never somebody who's going to tell a fan how to behave or how to respond to something. It's up to the fans. And the Cavs fan base has been so great. They've been such a... Uh, a, a spark for the players to play well mm -hmm. at home. They've had so much energy. Like, don't try to dissipate. Yeah, that like at all. don't like that's that's y'all advantage. You think? And I always get mad because y'all. He's doing something going out of his way that nobody else on another team would do. Like Kevin Durant or Kyrie ain't mentioned mm -hmm. in Cleveland. No, the people in Boston don't give a crap about what we do no. here. In like, fact, so why in you fact, Kyrie dissed Cleveland when he left. He said it's not a good sports city. One one more thing about this whole, like, the, the entire Kyrie situation that I'm watching, or he comes to the city, he gets booed, whatever, that yeah. happens. But I know that he's eventually going to get his jersey retired here, and yeah. he deservedly so. But think about this. The reason that I wasn't as bothered by that last night, that even that win, yeah. was, and they are on, Brooklyn's on a tear, you know that's not going to last. He he can't sustain health. without health. Yes. Or uh, uh, I, I'm not going to say um, doing without doing stupid. something controversial yeah, yeah. or well, making some stand. It just feels temporary. And, yeah. I mean, listen. And, we this is the best of what the Nets can be. Yes. And if they're like if they if Durant and Kyrie are healthy and focused in the playoffs, they can beat anybody. In yes. Ever anybody. But. There's a decent chance that won't happen. Look at, for, for one reason or another. Look at where Kyrie. Look what happens with Kyrie, though. He we gets that championship. That's fantastic. Then yeah. he pouts after the next year leaves. Yeah. Then though he goes to Boston and it was they don't, a mess. There. It was a mess. Yeah. And then they get better when he leaves. Like think right. about that. They got better when he left. This, this is really play. to this point is the first season that's gone really well for him. Yes. You know, outside of the off the court stuff, since he's left. <laughs> Cleveland. And even there, you had to say, outside of the fact that he right. refused to play for, like, or whatever, for a period of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or whatever. And then, that, because and so even in this remarks. year, this grit, this yeah. agreed, was, which has been his best season since leaving, yeah. he, we still have to say, you know, except for that time where he, other than the fact that he didn't play when he could have for this long period of yeah, time. Yeah. So, it's what I'm saying is, there's always a downside with Kyrie, there and is. it usually catches up with you, and I think it'll catch up with them, too. Hopefully. And that's why I wasn't as, I'm not as freaked out by them as some of the other people in this conference. I, I, I think they, I think 
think the Cavs are a nice team. The Cavs have a lot of potential, but the Cavs for the last two games against contending teams with pedigree, they got bullied. They yes, got bullied against correct. Toronto. Yes. Uh, they, they, and that's one of the reasons you guys are not getting the calls that you get. You know why? You guys have a, a path of least resistance type thing. There's sometimes, and, and after they did what Darius Garland did, what, what Gary Trent Jr. did the first game of the year, that, that should have been on site. Like, when you play in them games like that, you're yeah. supposed to lock in and say, this is what, how we got to play because these guys are kind of try to use their name recognition and play physical to get us out of our game, but they got another thing coming. And, and, it's, and, and my thing is the team can get to a point, but don't they only going to get there if, if Evan Mobley starts to become dominant. And what I mean, the first two touches of the game, you know that Garland can get it. You know that M Mitchell can get it in the fourth quarter. We need Evan Mobley to be a guy that's aggressive in the mm -hmm, first quarter. Yeah. And then we establish that. We can get that on the other hand. Yeah. Because if you can establish him early, and JB got to do this, as a young player, it increases your confidence. Now you unlock him on defense. When If you notice the games where he doesn't get the ball early, he's in foul trouble. Yeah, and I'll, I'll say, you know, you look at, uh, he's been in more foul. He's Last year, he I think he averaged, I, I, he's averaging about one more personal foul per game this year, mm -hmm. even though he's playing the same amount of minutes. And I, I think people are so scared to criticize Mobley. And I'm not being overly critical. No. Because he's got a ton of talent. There's nothing I don't really like about him. But it's fair to say he hasn't taken to this point as much of a leap from year one to year two as we expected. Correct. That doesn't mean we don't like him or don't or like have, his future. Doesn't have the upside. Right, of yeah. course. But... And, think, and remember, Darius Garland's big jump was until year three. Yeah, I think and it's that just may a time, happen. And I think you're right. I think it's just a it's a matter of a timetable. We were right. selfishly hoping yes. that he, because of what he had shown us in his first year, right. that he'd continue on that path. Right, and, and he's it's just been a, it's going to be a little more. Yeah, it's a little slower and, slope. And I'd like to see him get to the line, as you say. I mean, yeah. like he's taking two and a half free throws per game. I'd that's awful. Like, I mean, yeah, that's awful. He's got to get to the line more than that. It'll happen now. Everybody was gonna. Everybody's offense was gonna come down a little bit. You had Donovan Mitchell. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's a star player. Mm -hmm. But uh, you know, I think I'm encouraged because guess what? They are seeing what it looks like when you ain't sneaking up on nobody. Yeah, they know what it looked like when. Yeah. Because Brooklyn came out, they gave them all. I said, dang, KD coming out here aggressive. Yeah. yeah. They didn't let him get off the mat like because they know what the Cavs are. They know how the Cavs. They're in the fourth slot. They're going to be competing for that fourth slot. Mm -hmm. And so, Boston, uh, you, you got Toronto. You still got the Sixers. Milwaukee, of course. All these the Knicks teams, are playing pretty Knicks well. Playing good. They, they are not, they're going to have an uphill battle. But the cool thing about it is if they work on their game and learn how to work through it in the season and playing hard consistently, figuring out a way to get Mobley the ball, they'll get better because they're younger and they're going to play that same way. But they just mm -hmm. got to be consistent in their effort. All right, guys. We, do we have time for some fan questions? I think we got a couple of minutes here. Yeah, we got. Let's some get time. them in. I don't have to do a final take. I know Mike's got one he wants to get. Who to. is this brought to by this fa these fan questions? Let's get a couple of fan questions. These in fan here. questions today are going to be brought to us by BetJack. The oh, time good. has arrived, Ohio sports fans. Of course it has. Sports betting is going live on January first. Download the BetJack app today so you'll be ready to get on on all the action. BetJack, Ohio sports book. Yes. You can now legally gamble. Well, not yet, but in another Pretty week. Pretty soon. Gamble so, few days. what? Sunday? Sunday. Yeah. Say goodbye go. to that expendable right, right income. For, right for, you can do it. You can, you can, uh, 
you can bet on Ohio State. Uh, mm -hmm. Is that yep, no? Because that that'll be New That's, Year's Eve. But you can you can uh, you can do it with with the Browns though. You can, you can bet on the Browns. the Browns. Yeah, that's right. Your kid doesn't need braces. Bet on the Browns. Bet well, on don't the, bet on the. They, maybe they bet against the Browns. They give you some money to play with at the beginning. Yeah. Have fun. Go it's, ahead. All right, so what our first question today comes from Tommy on our community tab, which remember, if you're a member, you can see all sorts of extra stuff on our YouTube community Even tab. Even when we're not on. It's so much fun. Even when we're not on. We do stuff there all the time. We post shorts. It's a bunch of fun. Wondering how each of you got your start and what you love most about your job. Oh, wow. This is a real G awkward one. Uh, I got my start. I was on by the way. I was on my mom's couch. I was laid off um, and I saw Bruce Dredden on TV and he was talking about um, somebody had called in and say, hey, Bruce, how do you start broadcasting? He said, go to Ohio Media School, Ohio Center for Broadcasting. I hopped up. I took all the money I had left in my account from my previous job in North Carolina. I went to Ohio uh, Center for Broadcasting, told him I wanted to do it in 2010. And then I graduated from there. I started working the board at 92.3 The Fan like a couple hours a week. And mainly, I started grinding on the internet. So I, I started doing recaps and, and, and podcasts and, and, and eventually people started listening. I parlayed that into, uh, you know, starting a barbershop on 92.3. And from there, we rocking and rolling. I know a lot of people who who work in this local industry who graduated from the Ohio School of Broadcasting mm -hmm. and who are great at what they do and everything, those were still some of the worst TV commercials. <laughs> and if you had to do one thing right, if you're a school of broadcasting, yeah. it's make some decent God. You'd think. Some commercials. Right. They're out of focus. The mic's in the other room. The Ohio it's media poorly school. lit. Yeah. It's like, mm, come down to Ohio School Media School. You can just like me. Just a guy going like this. Shout out to He's Linda. He's got like one of those clapboards. We appreciate you, Linda. Me and Earl, too. Yeah. Earl's, Earl's, a, Earl, Earl's a graduate, too. There you go. Oh, I, Ohio School of Broadcasting. Didn't close. Didn't close. I spoke there once. It changed. Did the, you? It changed the Ohio. Were media you there? School. Were you oh, going okay. there when I spoke there, or no? Do you <sighs> change the Ohio media school? I mean, it was, well, it would have been like eleven or twelve. No, no I was done by then. By then, it's now the Ohio I, media school. For I started purposes. my yes. career. My first paid gig was as the voice of the Batavia Muckdogs in the summer of nineteen ninety nine. Go so, Muckdogs! There it is. But I got the experience <laughs> in college too. I had worked for, went to college. We had a good, good radio station, and that's it. And I've been doing this nonsense for 20, 24 years or whatever it is. I was the mascot for the Moscavia Muck, Musk Dogs. <laughs> Moscavia. What was it? The Batavia. The Batavia Musk Dogs. Muck Dogs. Muck, what muck. is a Muck Dog? Is that like a uh, they term were for the, the Batavia skunk Clippers? On the they became the Muck. So the Muck, I uh, is. The, they grow onions in, in Western New York, uh -huh. and the mud they use to grow onions is referred to as muck. They, they, there is a, there is a Pokemon muck and Grimer. See, you should talk my, with my son about that, yeah. or Earl and uh, Anthony. They're into Pokemon. They were having a Pokemon, Pokemon conversation for the show. I don't know what the hell they were talking about. Yeah, yeah. All right, Anthony, you got one more question for us? Yeah. So from Browns guy, nineteen ninety nine. If you guys could travel to anywhere in the world to escape the cold of Cleveland this weekend, where would it be and why? Mm. Oh, Maui. Other than it being warm. Maui without a doubt. Well, have you Maui's, been, have you been to Maui? It's, the greatest it's amazing, place. huh? Of the places I've been, and I haven't been that many places, Maui's the greatest place on earth. I'm going to go Maui with Bowl. Yeah, come with He's, me. He already knows the area. He probably knows some restaurants oh, we yeah. can go check out. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess I'll go to Maui with Bull. That's where I would go That's right it. now, based uh, on this recommendation. Effort. I would go... 
I might go back. To, I, I might go back to the Philippines to visit my in-laws. I'm a little salted that you don't want to come up with us to Maui, but yeah, uh, whatever. You we want got to plenty do. of room. I, we got a whole trip going. Ma here. Maui, on, see, the Maui thing is kind of like cliche-ish, man. I'll be wanting to go to like places where you could be like, oh, there's only three thousand people that live here, right? There's only but the yeah. Philippines is a, it's not three thousand people. No, there's about three billion. people. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and if you go. Certain parts of the country, you might die. Oh, no, all parts of the country, you could die. And you'd still rather go to the Philippines and hang out with me and Bull in Maui? I mean, I, if we if you were going to the Maui Invitational, I've always wanted to go to those basketball tournaments and that's sweaty little No, gym. we got to go to a I basketball wanna, tournament. I'm to not going you? anywhere indoors when I'm in Maui. <laughs> <laughs> and you got to think about it. I'm not no, like, I'm not no hot dude. I feel like, like, if you live in Cleveland, I get some weird sense of satisfaction knowing that. Guess what? You got to earn your summer around here, right? You, you got to earn that. Like, yeah. we do have great summers, right? You have uh -huh. great summers. And when you get there, it makes you appreciate it. We it's would like, all of a sudden in May at some point, the jackets go away. And you're like, boom, oh, we man. would be quite the trio on the beach, though, wouldn't we? <laughs> Ladies? Yeah, I'm showing some belly. I'm just blinding everyone with my uh. alabaster stomach. <laughs> We got three different skin types. All right. Very uh, much so. Jay, do you have a final take or you want to pass the mic? I ain't got nothing. Mike, what do you got? Uh, I just want to say good luck out there to the Harlem Globe Trotters who are playing tonight. Uh, they are here in town. You ever oh, go, you guys ever see the Globe Trotters? Yeah, they're pretty I good. I did once There's, years ago. It's very fun. They are the uh, clown princes of the hardwood. I grew up watching them. Like, they'd be on Saturday mornings. You get to watch them play live or something like that. And then they, of course, aided Scooby-Doo in some adventures, if yes, you recall. Did. I remember <laughs> that. Meal. I remember that era of Globetrotters. Wow. And then I watched them play, you know, growing up and stuff like that. But I've always been far more interested and fascinated in the team that they play, the Generals, the are Washington the generals? generals. Yes, they yeah, are. They yeah. weren't for a while. And now they are again. But there's just something so beautifully tragic about being on the Washington Generals. This team whose sheer existence is only to lose and be made fun of by a bunch of really good basketball players who are getting attention and somehow they're the villains too and it's and so I was I've always been way more interested in them here's a picture of like their team picture let's show the first one Team, look at the wash. This is an early picture of the Washington Generals. That's pretty representative of what they look like. <laughs> look at these schleps. Yes. That's um, like three of the four science teachers go, I had. Go ahead and show the, the big next, guy with the glasses the looks pretty one. tall. This is their job is just to get just ham, just tomahawk dunked on every day. And then so then what's even more fascinating. Go ahead to the next one. They got to take up these kind of humiliations. <laughs> And think about this. That's an actual player. These uh, guys have to have some kind of talent and look yeah, like Yeah, like they probably played in they college. They probably played college. They yeah. probably play like, these are McNuggets. These guys are a bunch of McNuggets yes. level players. McNuggets did play with the Globetrotters. Who so have to look. for a series. Yeah. Uh, we'll what? get the video. Oh, yeah. We'll get the video. And As part back. of a shtick. When, Here's my final one no, that just, that I had a question. Here's my final one. That, go ahead and show the yeah. last picture. Now, imagine being the son or the dad. <laughs> of, and I'm not crapping on this guy. Live your life. But you know that kid didn't want to be on the Washington Generals. He at least wanted to be on the Globetrotters, and if he w couldn't make That's the NBA, sad. and instead, and his dad had to take that picture <laughs> and just be like, "Here's my son." How did you get that picture? It was just online when I, oh. when I Googled Washington Generals. Some <laughs> somebody posted that, and he's like, "Well, wow. here he is. That guy. <laughs> he's still what does doing what he do for a living. He's doing what he likes to do. He's he plays get, basketball. He's oh his, yeah, what team's he on? And yeah, he's, he's getting depanced and getting his ass beat by a bunch of <laughs> wizards every night. He's, he's coming up with a prototype for Napster from the ground up. <laughs> That's what it is. I would love to know the compensation that that team makes. Like, oh what yeah, does each player get paid. Oh. It's gotta be okay. They get paid I guess. KFC. I'm thinking about getting a crew together.
I'm going and rooting for him tonight down there at the queue <laughs> or at the Rocket Mortgage. He said something that was funny, man. Oh, thanks. Uh, <laughs> that 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 reference to Scooby Doo. By the way, there Scooby Doo got so many. I don't think I've ever seen a rerun of Scooby Doo. Mm-hmm. They had the Scooby Doo's with the Globetrotters. Yeah, they had them with the Adams family. Yep, mm-hmm. they'd had them with Sonny and Cher. I remember that. <laughs> Didn't they Bat- have them with the with Batman the and Robin, Gilligan's Island guys? Yeah, Gilligan's yeah. Island, Batman, uh, Batman and Robin. And Robin. Phyllis uh, Diller. Oh my gosh! Like this is that ain't been any scrap. By the way, they're they're coming out with a. It's coming out. I think next month a prequel. It's called Velma. That sounds awful. It does. Awful. But what are they going to talk about? If it's half as good as Wednesday, it's going to be great. Uh, Wednesday yeah. didn't look great, Anthony. No I enjoyed it. It was a good show. Uh, <laughs> by the way, sorry by the way, to kill uh, the. Did you watch all of Wednesday? Did you, did you watch all of the show Wednesday, Anthony? Yes, I did. Oh, honey, that's crazy. Oh, honey. By the way, I'm going to the Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse tomorrow. I'm taking my son to wrestling. Oh, fun! Uh, I haven't gone to wrestling since I was probably a teenager. This is like the big. This is the big thing, like WWE. It's WWE. The, okay. I, did, I, just, yeah, yeah. I guess it's the key. I'm I guess it's my Rocket son, Mortgage. and then we'll, uh, and then his friend and his friend's dad were going. That's fun. So it'll be a good day tomorrow. Yeah. I don't yeah. even know no new wrestlers. I don't know any of the WWE wrestlers. If I do, I don't know that I know them. Are all, any all, of the local guys? The, uh, Miz I don't, or, the Miz will probably yeah, be he's there. Usually there. Um, I saw them in August. When that they guy puts through, on a show. There. Yeah, it should be fun. Suppose, my son's excited. This, I think there's going to be a steel cage match tomorrow. It's, it's so crazy that, that these guys, uh, the guys that they got now, all of them are movie stars. The Rock, Batista. Does Rock still wrestle? No, I mean, but the people who, oh, came who they from, were, yeah, 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 yeah. Like these guys, like, like Batista. That's the goal. I'm sure. Back movie. in the day, I mean, Hulk Hogan made movies. Rowdy Roddy Piper was in a movie called oh, yeah. They Live. Great movie. That? Yeah, it's John Carpenter. Great One movie. of the best fight scenes mm-hmm. was him. It's like and 25 minutes. It was nonstop. It yes. was a great fight. Yeah, and they were like really throwing each other yeah, into, yeah, cool into fire escapes and stuff like that. Watch when you're at that wrestling match tomorrow. I want you to listen and watch the crowd and see if it reminds you of a political crowd in current times. Oh, you think so? It does. You're going to be freaked out. That's right up my alley. Watch it. Guys, we're out of time. We will see you all on Overtime with Talking Guardians next. Mm -hmm. Who we got on the show tomorrow, Anthony? I believe we have Leroy, Robert Smith, and Dave Richards. Loving that confidence. See you on the postgame show. See you tomorrow. Great job, Anthony. Cleveland Sports Show.